Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting here with Eugenio Straffi. Eugenio is one of the most versatile creative minds of the world stage as an acclaimed creator, director, and successful entrepreneur. He runs Rainbow, established in 1985 as founder and CEO, asserted itself as a leading global studio with the breakout success of the popular Winx Club saga, which was created by Straffi and introduced around the globe to tremendous fanfare through content licensing and merchandising channels. 25 years, successive years of growth came with the acquisition of Emmy award-winning studio Bardell Incorporated, as well as the Italy-based Colorado film to expand in live-action quality productions. Creating and distributing original content for the whole family and reaching more than 150 countries, Rainbow is synonymous with made-in-Italy excellence and creativity and ranks among the top global licensors in the world with more than 500 active licenses. Guys, it's going to be such a fun conversation, unique, interesting conversation that we don't get to have very often here on the show. And I can't wait to jump into a couple of things. But first, really quickly, if you are listening to this right now and you are a six or seven figure coach or consultant, agency owner, expert, and uh, you know that a podcast could benefit your personal brand or your business in some way, but you just don't know where to get started with one, 
then head over to travischapel.com slash coaching. There's a quick application there to jump on a call with someone on my team to see if you might be a good fit for our coaching programs to help you become a better podcaster. That's travischapel.com slash coaching. Eugenio, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome, Travis. And uh, after I hear you advertising your coaching program, maybe I should take a session because I'm not uh, <laughs> an expert in this kind of podcast interviews, but uh, I'm happy to try and hopefully somebody will be interested to know more about me and Wings and Rainbows. Let's do it, man. Anytime you need to, uh, need, need to hop on a call, just let me know and I'm happy to. So I want to build some context here, Eugenio. You, you've, you've built an amazing, really, culture and movement that's been in the homes of people in over 150 countries. Like that's just a crazy thing to talk about. And I want to get into some of that. But first, before we dive in, I want to hear a little bit about how you got to where you are now. So let's rewind the clock all the way back to, you know, let's say 12 years old, Eugenio, set the scene for us. Where were you living? What were your parents like? What was life like for you as Eugenio Straffi at 12 years old? Okay, I grew up uh, in, a, in a town in the center of Italy, but uh, I grew up uh, with the dream of uh, writing stories, uh, creating characters, uh, you know, graphic novels, uh, and eventually movies, even if uh, as a child I didn't know how expensive, how complicated it is. I just loved to watch and, and I was fascinated by, like I say, creating characters that can inspire people like I was inspired by my heroes at the time, you know. And so I've been writing and drawing uh, for for all my life uh, in, in exercise books at school, at home. And, uh, you know, I had my, my first friend were my schoolmates, which uh, I fit in my, in my stories and my my characters, you know, my, my heroes. After that, uh, I was continuing this in, in high school. And, uh, of course, the genre of the story changed. Some, sometimes they were a little bit more dark, sometimes a little bit more complicated or, you know, with uh, some pretty female characters because, you know, that's the age where you you are more interested in also the other the other sex, you know, the girls and all. And nothing. I, I, I just finished my high school with a lot of drawing and stories, and I decided to go to Rome and propose it to some publishers. And mm. uh, I, w- I was lucky enough to find uh, some publisher that started to publish my graphic novels uh, at the age of 19. Wow. And, uh, and I was uh, at university and drawing my comic and graphic novel books uh, at the same time. And that's my, as I call my my previous life. My parents were, of course, uh, uh, not believing in this as a possibility when I was a student because they think that I need a proper job, you know, not sure. uh, yeah. drawing all these characters and heroes. And uh, I continue to do it because I believe that they, they always think that, uh, you know, it was like a hobby. And they were happy anyway because, you know, when you're a teenager, if you're home on a, on a desk to write a color design and write, it's better than being, uh, you know, uh, somewhere else, maybe making uh, silly things. Uh, and so they encouraged me to continue to be at home. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and, uh, and do this. But uh, at the same time, it was not, not easy to believe that this could be translated into, into a, real, a real profession. What were you going to I, university for? I went because I had to please my mother because she believed that you need to be 
having a degree and uh, this job will not continue for you. You are lucky now that you find some publisher that buys some of your stories, but you know, you have to think about being a, a real professional and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I, I went to university and uh, continued to my, my work. What did you study when you were in university? If it was something that your mom just kind of made you do, like, did you have any interest in the subject material that you were studying? Uh, I, I, I selected the one that was most interesting for me and uh, at the same time, uh, not expensive because in my hometown, Macerata, in the middle of Italy, there's a very ancient university, one of the first universities in Italy. So there's a lot of students, a lot of faculties, and uh, I didn't need to go aside to choose one, whereas my sister was in Rome, for example, studying architecture. And I, I see that for my parents, which are not uh, rich, they're just an average family, they, they had to support her with a lot of, a lot of uh, expenses every month. So I, I thought I need to choose something in my own town. So I, I prefer uh, always to study literature. I like books, I like this, and, and uh, I, I end up in uh, foreign languages literature. That's what I studied at university. So I, I know quite a lot of uh, English literature from the past and American literature as well. Did that help you at all with your writing, do you think? Yeah, I think it did. It did help me definitely for, for, for writing. And uh, my previous school, my previous high school was uh, also Liceo Scientifico, which is very specific uh, uh, high school for, for people who want to be scientists, mathematicians, physicians. Yeah. And uh, because I was good in, uh, in, uh, in maths when I was uh, at, at uh, secondary school. And so that one, I believe, it always helped me to have a very fast way of uh, problem solving and thinking to solution. Yeah. You know, in very short time, to have a plan B, plan C in, in all the main, main problems that I found out you, you have every day when you're running a business, you know, a complex business. So I, I, I cannot say that my, my education was wasted, even what I'm doing now. Of course, uh, I didn't have the chance to, to go to an art academy or other things, because again, my parents think that that is for people that don't have the ability to study yeah, <laughs> real right. books, you know? And so I, 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 I couldn't be a specialist in illustration or in other graphic, but that I had to do as a self-trained and going to professional people to try to get advices which is something I did uh, uh, since young. Uh, I had some kind of mentors, which are famous comic uh, and illustrators in Italy, which I'm still very grateful for, for giving me some very interesting tips uh, how to improve, uh, how to get better in what I, was trying to, what I was trying to do as a teenager. Looking back at that, just really quick before we move on, looking back at that, do, is there any sort of advice that you would give to maybe parents that are out there Obviously, your mom wanted what was best for you, right? She was doing these things out of love. But for you, it was almost, you know, the opposite because you wanted to do these other things that you looked at as being the thing that you, you know, were fired up about or the thing that you wanted to really do in life. Do, do you have any advice for parents around like parenting their kids to find well, the path it, that works for them? It would be easy for me to say, yes, try to help the kids in what is their talents, you know, their passions, and, and try to, to support them in their way they, they, they would like to, to be in life, you know, as a professional, as a, as a work. But and that's something that I've been even uh, putting as a concept in, in some of my cartoons, where I try to, to play, to talk about, uh, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, talents that you have to, you have to cultivate and, right. and 
and support as a parent. But uh, at the end of the day, in a way, I think that you even need a counterparty to challenge you because life is done of a lot of competitive environment and challenging environment. So I believe that if my mother was supportive, I would be more relaxed or not so motivated to show that I was right and she was wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so That's fair. That is she fair. She has been a big, big, truly, she has been a big motivator for me when uh, she was uh, trying to give me her wise uh, advices and a way of seeing life as something that you have to, you know, you have to plan in a certain standard way. Yeah, for me, right. which uh, my way of seeing things and my my passion really, as I was blessed, which uh, I I know many people they don't know what to do even after they finish university. For me, it was really a kind of calling and and really big passion from not even twelve, even in primary school. I had my first comics uh, written and, and drawn, and so I I I think that she was a big motivation to say no, mom. It is possible to fulfill a dream coming from a small town, you know, being a small town boy with all my inexperience to go and try to 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 face the big city, the big publisher, and later on the broadcaster and all. But uh, if you have uh, if you have a passion, if you have a dream, and you work hard to improve yourself, you know, to reach there, you can make it, you know. And that is uh, so. I really don't know what what to advise. In in my way, I will try to to help my daughters in their passion to to reach their goal. But at the same time, believe it or not, it's a bit like the Italian government, you know? The Italian government also helped me because I didn't have any grants. I have only taxes in the beginning. I have all the difficulty of the Italian bureaucracy, you know, and I will see my neighbor French that they buy computer and animation software, they get 50% grant from the government. They employ people, they get 50% grants. They get another special grant because it's a French show. So I was, on the other hand, dealing with only bureaucracy, taxes and all. So I had to try to do something better, you know, really to scratch my head, to go deep down to my best and, and motivate the people to give their best because here there's no money. There's only the world that will decide whether our concept is strong or we are just another cartoon, another content, another IP that is out there which will not make it. So I believe that in a way when you are not in the advantage position and you are a disadvantage, if you have a, a motivated team, uh, the, the, the right passion and talent, you can deliver more results. So, Sorry yeah. if I took long, but the answer is I don't know what to advise to the parents. Sure, no, that I mean that's but that's a really great answer though because that does bring in another perspective that that you sometimes don't think about is sometimes sometimes we need that extra push, that extra little piece of motivation that we might not have had if everybody was a hundred percent supportive of everything that we did. It gives you that little chip on your shoulder, gives you that mentality anyway, yeah. and um, and sometimes that it can be one of the most valuable things that you can take into any venture, especially if it's one that's a little bit you know untraditional, like the one that you took. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people 
even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Talk to me now about after college. So, so you're done with university. You're still, you know, selling graphic novels. What steps come after that? Well, the step, it was again, uh, you know, to, due to my character, my way of um, entrepreneur, you know, and, and ideas. I, I was very young, uh, already selling uh, a good number of uh, graphic novels of the same character, you know. So I... With the, I so, so you're selling the, uh, like a bunch of graphic novels, but all with the same character. So it's following yeah, one yeah. character, one story yeah, arc, one story arc. I created, yes. And so I, I was... Um, I was uh, a little bit uh, bored, uh, if I can say. You, when you're young, you always like to change uh, to do some other project, you know. And so I, I did some other projects, which were totally different from the kind of black and white, dark style. It was colorful. It was other other stories. And I went to Bologna Book Fair with my folder to propose it to some French publishers. And uh, I found some that told me, yeah, you should, uh, you know, propose your your art to to, to certain studios that they were part of with, that uh, they are doing some animation feature movie, you know, in Paris. And, uh, you know, they're looking for good artists and so on. So I, I, I took the chance to send the material to Paris to the people that they advised me. And uh, I got this proposal to go and work at this animation feature movie. And uh, again, with my mother, they was completely, I said, you're ending well, now you make your, your, uh, your uh, dream come true. You're publishing your graphic novels uh, you know, at a young age. Yeah. Why you need to go to Paris to do an animated uh, that's so animated movie and this that and they said because I am curious to to know you know I like movie industry and that so this is my chance to learn and to understand and see another another part of our industry and so right. I, I I took the, the job and uh, it was very well paid job by the way and uh, that's I, always a, that's always a bonus I was fascinated by yeah because it's short term you know it's not like uh, you know full time like. Mm. So it was on project based, and 
I was fascinated by this reality of, you know, an animated studio where you have people doing character design, storyboard, some other doing background, some other doing animation, somebody is doing ink and paint, compositing, visual effects, and this strange, colorful machine called Silicon Graphics that they had a software inside that could do even a bit of 3D and, you know, and it was, uh, it was in the early 90s. So it was really the beginning. And uh, Amiga 2000 for the line test, you know, the Commodore Amiga, which you could see finally your drawings uh, flipping on the computer, not anymore with, uh, with Take One. Uh, you know, anyway, this is all technical thing that I don't want to bore the audience. So it was really the digital revolution and the organization, which I've never seen in Italy so well, like in France. And uh, I was very, very amazed by this experience where a teamwork done by many professionals from all over Europe, by the way, they create some new work, you know, some new production from a script to something colorful and final in movement, in music and action. And uh, I said, this is really very cool. You know, this is a kind of industrial animation, you know, something that really go on theater, go on television, you know, it's even more powerful media than a comic or a graphic novel. So uh, I know lots of good artists in Italy and they're all maybe jobless or selling one comic uh, per year, you know, so I can try to, to do something like this. And so after I finished my experience, I had, I started with my saving to organize uh, this Rainbow Studio. Yes. And uh, I guess my mother will say, you have enough money now to buy your apartment. You are just 20 plus, you know, 27. And uh, everybody should have a house, you know, in the first thing to buy. And this, and you can buy this machine that costs $50,000 per <laughs> machine with the software, you know, and... You waste all your money, you know, to pay. That's so funny. So even after you proved it time and time again, she was still trying to pull pull on the coattails a little. But that was probably the real good advice because uh, you know I I, that that was really beat uh, my dreamer and positive attitude that made me spend all my saving to buy all this uh, first starting of equipment for, for animation at digital level at the time, you know, and 3D machines for, it was called Alias, you know, that now is Maya at the time. And uh, Silicon Graphics was this beautiful, super fast computer, which were pink in color, green in color, very beautiful design, very nice graphic, but uh, super expensive. They were not even using any of the normal uh, operating system, you know, they have a special operating system and uh, that's why they were very expensive, only for a few limited studios around the world. And we were the first to import in Italy many software, even uh, Animo, the in-campaign system from, from the UK, uh, because I believe in, in this industrial uh, animation. I didn't want to do any artistic, uh, you know, production with my with my style that could be winning an award at the film festival or I always thought that I want to reach the widest audience mm. not so much for the business because the business came actually a little bit naturally with uh, with with, uh, with the content which were successful yeah. but I really wanted to tell my stories or other people's stories which I found interesting to bring it to the audience the most wide audience as possible. That was my my idea. So you're in your what mid to late twenties? 
when you started Rainbow? Yeah, late, late, late 20s, yes. Okay, so at what point does Winx Club Saga come on the scene, and how long did it take for you to realize that you had something that was rapidly growing in your hands? Okay, Winx came, uh, I would say, about five years from, from the foundation of Rainbow, where we started to do service job, we started to do easier production, cartoonish style for for a younger audience, like a bridge audience, you know, the, yeah. the kind of, of, uh, of show. And uh, luckily, again, because Wings came, because the first production, Tom and Oscar, was, uh, was successful in terms of rating. Yeah, because as you can imagine, for somebody like me, we didn't have the luxury to have, okay, we flopped the first production, let's do the next, you know? Right, yeah. right. You got to get yeah. it right. We had one shot to, to, to hit the target because yeah. otherwise, uh, already I, I had my hard time. Uh, that's why I was telling you, my mother was right because to, to, to do animation and create entertainment from Italy with the cost of a good animation, you need to sell it to many countries. And uh, we didn't have the, you know, the, the, the reputation in Italy to be able to, to do entertainment, content, cartoon, or even right. fiction that could be sold outside of Italy. And so it was not easy for me to convince uh, the first few by some, because they didn't were convinced by, 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 by the fact that we are Italian, some other because they think that I might be one of these producers that get some money for pre-buy, pre-sell a show, and then they never deliver the show, you know, like the new the new companies has, has many challenges to face when they go to the market, mm. you know. And so we managed uh, to, to complete its first production. And uh, luckily, it was a big success for a few European countries and in Asia as well. And uh, we start to gain a bit of name in the industry that we might be able to to be producing something successful. So, and so, and by the way, my idea of, of uh, animation was to sell it, but also to, 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 to have a bit of the Disney model to try to, to exploit it in publishing, in video games, in other media, because they have the brand awareness, but also the revenues of the company. You know, sure. they need to be sustained and, and grow. And so, already with Tommy and Oscar, I managed to do video game uh, licensing deal, which was, by the way, quite successful, the video game, and publishing, some back to school, and a little bit of toys. So it was the beginning of, um, of our model to be successful. And then when I, when I had enough resources to, to hire better people, to, and even the team was, was grown here in, in Rainbow, I took out of my drawer this idea of wings, which I already had... Uh, of, uh, of fairies, you know, against witches and all these stories. And uh, I put it in, in development, something which was much more complicated because you had to deal with humans, you know, with uh, beautiful, uh, even teenagers. And uh, you had to, to be careful that they stay consistent in, in animation, you know, and it's much more difficult than do cartoonish because cartoonish is done with a lot of deformation of, the animals, you know, the puppets that you draw. And so if you don't need the, the same level of quality that is required for, for something quite uh, ambitious like Wings. And, and when I found, I, found, I found the team ready, the talents, uh, freelancers uh, that uh, joined the team, 
and uh, the market was missing uh, Sambile wings uh, for especially for empower the girls. Now it's totally flooded the market of female heroines, which are very cool, you know, very very strong and better than boy superheroes in a way with more power, more ideas, more you know. But but believe me, at, at uh, early 2000 when I start uh, putting wings in, in pre-production development, it was really original. It was uh, it was yeah, all about right. Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon Ball, Spider Man. Those were the the main uh, titles on the market at the time. And so I think that is how Wings uh, we also, of course, the storytelling, which was uh, very original for a Western production with a lot of uh, cliffhanger at the end of each episode. You are telling a big story arc or coming of age for Bloom that discovered to be a fairy and all that story, how she get you know confident, how she grow with a lot of twists and secrets that you find out as the story goes on. This is now the typical mechanism on Netflix or the platform, you know, they hook you to follow the story. But again, sure. in the early 2000s, all the buyers look at me and say, oh no, I want the Christmas episode, I want the Halloween episode, I want the beach episode. I want to have the chance that if I want to, by chance, uh, shuffle the episode and broadcast episode 10 as a second or third or four. I can do it because everybody can understand. Wings is not possible because it's a, it's a, it's a story arc that cover each season. Yeah. And so it was, it was again something that we had to try to bring to the market to, to make the, the buyers try, you know? How was it to see something that you had brought to life on paper in an animation studio? How was it to see that turn into live action on Netflix? Okay, already in animation was difficult to find the style and fine tuning, but on TV is is something that I always always dream. Already is 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 over ten years that I am that I am thinking that there is a huge fan base of Wings, uh, you know, that could enjoy grown up something for for an older target. And so now that we finally managed to to produce it, of course, it was very very emotional and I was very very you know uh, involved in in this but uh, of course uh, there's been some some compromise or some different point of views with uh, with the platform that we sure. have to face along the way like it's normal and uh, I believe that for second season we are already doing much better because uh, I believe Netflix not no more now what the fan want to see for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we know more what uh, Netflix is looking for for this kind of editorial line for, for Wings. So I think uh, everything can be better and better. So, Eugenio, you've you've been through a lot of ups and downs um, over the last you know couple decades, building this incredible career um, in filmmaking and animation studio and design and graphic novels and just every step of the stage along the way. What is something that you did not expect along the way that was extremely difficult for you to overcome? Like, you know, a an obstacle or a rejection or uh, something that didn't go as planned that caused a big setback and kind of made you wonder why you're doing this anymore? Well, for me, to be honest, uh, there's many things, of course, that, uh, that didn't, didn't go the way I was, I was hoping, and like I say, this uh, has 
helped me to to build with a mentality that I always need a plan B or a plan C mm. to, to eventually reach where where I want to be. And uh, and it was very very healthy even to get cheated in the beginning, you know, by by companies that never pay or whatever, you know. Uh, it helped, but what probably has uh, has uh, helped me more on on my on my you know, 26 years after this, you know, uh, rainbow experience has been uh, that uh, I have been putting a lot of um, a lot of uh, trust. Uh, uh, in, in a couple of person, a couple of people that uh, I, I I brought, I grow, and uh, I I put them in a in a very beautiful position and all, and and uh, I've been in different way. One was uh, uh, artistically, you know, an, an artist which I which I which was my kind of friend, so I really helped a lot, and uh, he in a way he abandoned he abandoned the the, the rainbow, and mm. it was really. The difficult time when I had no yeah. money and to to do my first finance the first shot on me in Oscar was was very tough. And the other more recently was was uh, at the level of of uh, you know director you know the company which uh, has cheated the company you know in, in a different way, taking advantage of his position for his personal interest. So mm-hmm. I was uh, very very hurt by this kind of. Uh, you can imagine for somebody like me, for with my my background, even if I can be seen as a successful businessman, but I have uh, still always more the the passionate and human side that uh, is is stronger than everything, you know. And so it's more it's more painful to to be betrayed by somebody that you haven't trusted, and maybe other people told you to don't trust so much, and you didn't want to listen. You know, because you really like this person, yeah. rather than uh, lose, uh, you know, a million or you know, for, for some for something that didn't tend to be successful or you know was not not the right advice. So my biggest challenge was in the beginning when I really had to climb Mount Everest to be trusted, you know, by somebody that our cartoon could be successful, and at the same time abandoned by some people that didn't believe uh, that we could make it so yeah. they preferred to go to go somewhere else uh, getting maybe just 100 dollar more or but just because of the the project and right. uh, later on when we were very successful to be to be on the other hand cheated and taken advantage uh, because of my total trust uh, in in their honesty and integrity so these are things that have been uh, have been uh, the worst thing that happened happened to me. Of course, the other you can imagine is uh, we are facing, like I said, a competition where there are other countries which give much better grants to their companies. We are facing competition with the testing class, which are the U.S. producer and you know the U.K. companies, which are even in advance for, for the language, even if Rainbow is always shooting in English, uh, whether it's live action or, or, or animation, we do the lip sync in, in, uh, with the American actors first because Italy is used to be to, to dubbing. So in, we, we are working for the world. We cannot shoot in, in Italian. Mm. So, but still we are an Italian production company. You know? So yeah, we have right. always to learn, learn our, our uh, reputation, our trust uh, to the part of delivering 
results. Listen, Eugenia, this has been a fascinating conversation for me because I really enjoy all things media and production and stuff like that. And so this has been a really fun conversation. Um, as we get everything wrapped up here, can you just give us some closing thoughts as well as tell us where we can find you online? We can be reached uh, definitely through our website, uh, you know, and, and my, my team of PR, you know, can, can reach us. I'm not using social uh, except, of course, WhatsApp. And this because I'm not sharing uh, my personal personal things, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, even though I am in the digital world, but I'm a little bit very uh, self person, you know, so. All I, good, all good. So what, what's the website that we can find your stuff at? Uh, there is my, my geniostraffy.com is my, my own name. Perfect. And that's where you, you can reach me on rainbow, whatever you, you want, you know, or even Perfect. LinkedIn. I, am, I have people that reach me via LinkedIn all the time. And uh, I, I normally reply to everybody because I, I think it's out of courtesy. You know, that, uh, Perfect. So, igniostrafi.com, I-G-I-N-I-O. S-T-R-A-F-F-I.com. Head over there, check out some of the stuff that they have put that uh, they're putting out there or go to Netflix and search Winx Club Saga um, if you have an interest in those types of series because um, uh, Netflix is putting out uh, Sounds Like Season 2 at the moment. And uh, But this has been something that's been in the works for the last 15 plus years. So uh, the storyline's well thought out. There's a lot of different character development uh, and uh, plot pieces that are in there that I think you really enjoy. So uh, check out Winx Club Saga over on Netflix. Eugenio, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Had a fantastic time chatting with you. Thank you for really, it was my pleasure and honor to be with you today. I hope that... Uh, you will have uh, some people that find this conversation interesting. I know you have very important and interesting people that were on your podcast before. So definitely, <laughs> I don't think yeah. fall in the in the same league. But of course, I, I don't think they'll be disappointed at all. So I, I definitely appreciate you and taking hopefully the time. Hopefully, they understand my English. <laughs> <laughs> I understood everything perfectly clear. So I think everybody listening will uh, have a good time uh, uh, tuning into this one. So I really appreciate it. Thank you again. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.